0: Hello witches and welcome to our season finale. Oh my goodness, it's exciting and also a little bit sad, but I also really want this break. (laughs) If you have been keeping up with my socials, you may have noticed that I am participating in something called NaNoWriMo, and I know I sound really Aussie Bogan when I say that, it stands for National Novel Writing Month, and it happens in November every year. So yes, I am attempting to write a novel in a month. The goal is 50,000 words within 30 days, which is pretty intense, and I'm going to give it my darndest. So I have edited this episode on October 31st, just before my midnight start at writing, And I'm hoping to literally not do anything else podcast related for this month so I can just focus on getting my novel done. You may have also known that I have been writing another book, so this will be my second book that I'm writing at the moment. Book number one is my story from Christianity to Witchcraft. It's kind of autobiographical, memoir style. I'm about 30,000 words in. That one's going really well. Putting that on the bench for the moment as I pursue this supernatural fantasy, think, fallen angels again with themes of witchcraft and Christianity. So that seems to be my thing. And I'm so darn excited. If you want to know more about what I'm doing, I'm sharing a bit on social media. I'm sharing a lot with my Patreons in our private Facebook group. So definitely come and check us out over there. Not only does it support the podcast, but you get a whole host of benefits with it as well, like just check it out. It's phenomenal. And you get to make witchy friends, which is always a bonus. I'm going to stop talking now. and I'm going to jump straight into our episode with Amy. This is jam-packed with really great information. So definitely, definitely listen up. Get your notebook out if you can. Save this for later. You're going to want to. And don't forget the next episode that I'll be doing, a and a with Amy, is going to be on her podcast, which is called Ritual, the podcast. I will link that in the description below as well. Happy listening. Welcome to Witch Talks, a series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, an intuitive tarot reader, astrologer, and eclectic witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favourite witches. All right, so, 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 so. Yes. Our amazing episode today mm-hmm. is my season finale for the Witch
1: Talks Oh, Yay
0: just <laughs> so exciting and i was really 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 excited to get you back on because mm-hmm. our last episode did really well in terms of oh, like the listens and all of that it did really really well um awesome. that's not the only reason obviously like i love you because we you're amazing I want to catch up with you all the time and i feel like it just flows better and i thought of yeah. doing um i mean we both had this idea of doing like this q and a type of yes. thing and i thought of doing that by myself but i feel like that's a bit boring a little bit boring back sometimes it's good to bounce off people Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So, if anyone doesn't know who Amy is, Amy is the owner of. Oh, hold on. We've had a name change since our last episode. Yes, we
1: have. So,
0: would you like to reintroduce yourself with your new persona? So, you may have, uh, you may
1: remember me from Wiccan Sage, but that has now been put to rest. It is sleeping, and I have been reborn as Rose on Cottage. Um, that was, that's where you'll find me basically on every kind of social media place. But for me, it was uh time for change. And I feel like where I was, it has evolved into more of a a place than a shop. So yes, Thorn Cottage, there is a whole story behind it that I will share. Um, but yes, that's where I am now.
0: I love that. Yeah. I once named our house when we lived in the Yarra Valley and I named it Roseborn. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's weird that's that's a little mm, interesting interesting same same but different slightly different like cut from that's the same cool. cloth interesting great minds yes so today we are talking about spell crafting and answering our followers questions all right so if anyone out there is listening we are going to do a few more of these when it comes to season two potentially three however yes. long my beautiful podcast goes for and on both of our podcasts as well so we're gonna do a little swapsies mm-hmm. if we you share have a, the love yes exactly <laughs> if you have any questions the other topics that we are going to be covering will be manifesting deities altars, paranormal and past lives hexes and protection so if you have any questions about those specifically send them on through to either of us. Mm-hmm. Our contact details will be in the description for this episode and we will, you know, compile them all up and then answer them on air, which is exciting. Yay. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know if we both, we'll probably weigh in on each question, each other, Well, that doesn't make sense. We'll probably both weigh in on each question, I think, rather than back and mm-hmm. forth. What do you reckon? Yeah
1: yeah yeah I reckon we'll probably we'll probably have some that are the same answer anyway but we might as well both
0: share our thoughts yes I agree so we have our first question coming in from Mm -hmm. one of my beautiful Patreons which is Narelle she's actually been with Mm -hmm. me I think for three years now which is fantastic Good on you Narelle thank you Narelle (laughs) she's she's an absolute gem absolute gem and she asks do you have any tips on being able to keep your focus on your intent during your spell crafting?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first?
0: Do you have an answer? Do you need time to?
1: I do actually. Go for it. Um, one thing that I really find helps me because I I can get very like scatterbrained and like you know, when you're trying to do something and then you go, oh, I should also do this. And I should also do this. And I should also add that. I can get a bit like that. So what I like to do, if I'm doing a spell for something um, specific, I, at the very beginning, I always write a letter and in my letter, I can specify exactly what it is that I want, how I see it happening. And I write it as though it's already happened. And that way, I can go into as much detail as I want. I can if it if it drifts off into whatever area it's fine because it's all kind of like like in this one spot and I can be as creative and imaginative as I want but at the end of it I've gotten all those thoughts out of my brain and it's all in this one place and then when I finished I write a like a one line that kind of captures what that intent is so throughout the spell I can just say that line over and over and I know that it kind of captures all the things that I want and it's all in one place and it's very specific because for me spell crafting has to be specific otherwise like who knows where you're going to end up if it's going to happen at all so I think for me like physically writing it down is really helpful in that way because it makes you think about what it is that you want but also if you are getting distracted and you are, like, kind of, I don't know, all over the place, you can just reread it and it reminds you, like, this is what you want, this is what you've written, and this is why you're making this
0: spell. And
1: I think for me that's been, like, such a game changer.
0: I love that. That's an excellent method. And it almost gives you that one line. can almost be seen as, like, your petition paper as well if anyone uses that sort of an idea in their spell work. Yeah. I do something It's not quite similar. I have tried that method, but mm-hmm. what I find depending on the type of spell that mm-hmm. I'm doing, there are many different mm-hmm. types. What I'll often do is I will go through my tarot deck. I don't usually have to go through, I usually know, but I'll pull out a card that captures the essence of what I'm trying to bring forth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let's say I am doing a, pros- a prosperity spell, right? what I might do is maybe I will pull out, it depends how I'm going about it as well and what it is in relation to. Sometimes yeah. um, I might pull out more of a cup spell that kind of makes me feel like really satisfied with where I'm at, or maybe the the seven of pentacles, which is really like what you sow, so shall you reap. And it's a little bit more patient, but it's, it's really, you know, you're going to harvest that financial gain or whatever it is you're you're hoping for potentially even the empress or the the nine of pentacles there are quite a few in there that can be really great so I'll pull maybe pull a couple out look at them and sort of feel into how do I actually want to feel with the rather than I just want more money or I just want more of this I want to really focus it and narrow it down so I'll, I'll choose a card that Accurately depicts that. If I'm doing a candle spell, I may lay it underneath the candle, depending mm. on the type. If it's a tea light, uh-uh, that's going to ruin my deck. <laughs> but yeah, if it's yeah. if it's like a fixing candle, potentially, or um, I will put it almost like if I'm doing fixing candles, I usually do a crystal grid around them, and sometimes I will with crystals that obviously focus in on the intent that I'm trying yeah. to bring forth with maybe one or two tarot cards included in that grid as well, you know, in front of it or behind it, just to really piece it all together. And for me, Mm. as someone who is now diagnosed with ADHD, I can say this, with my ADHD brain that does go off on a gazillion tangents and finds it difficult to hold one thought, either an affirmation that I'm repeating the whole time or a word in my head or trying to, and if I find myself distracted, I go, no, 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 prosperity, prosperity, focusing on prosperity that can help, but also just this layering aspect of those, the choosing of the ingredients, the adding the crystal or the tarot card or the sigil or whatever it is I'm placing in it, that layering gets me each time to think about and focus on what I'm wanting to bring forth.
1: So for mm. me, that's like, backup. sorry, it's like having backup.
0: Yeah. little like physical backups mm. um, in the way I process and put together the spell. And again, it depends like, I'm, If I'm using a spell jar, again, there's that similar process of finding little ingredients, maybe Mm -hmm. using sigils, maybe charging it with a tarot card or with a crystal uh, or, you know, placing a candle on top to burn down over it. You can carve into the candle. There are so many different ways you can sort of add that intent layer by layer. Mm. But for me, I find the first time you do a spell for that intent is probably the most difficult in terms of focusing on your intent. Yeah. But the next time you do it, it's like that muscle memory thing. Your intuition muscle remembers, and it's a little bit easier to slip into that mind frame that you were in or that you were wanting to be in. And then the mm-hmm. third time you do it, even easier. And then once you've done that specific spell 20 times, you barely have to think about it. You know, your body knows, your guides know, everyone knows what it is you're trying to bring forth. Yeah. So it's that repetition that I think brings the true intent through, if that makes totally. sense.
1: Totally. And it brings that confidence as well. Cause I know when I first started, that's when, yeah, I was like, am I even doing this? Right. Did I like, are all these ingredients? Right. Did I write down the right thing? Like you, you question everything. So you can imagine the messages they're getting. They're like, what is this chick on about? What does she want? Make up your mind, lady. (laughs) Exactly. So I think like having that trigger for you, that reminds you like, hey, you, you actually want this, whether it be like a letter, tarot, a crystal, whatever it is that you're really like drawn to. It's just that thing that snaps you out of doubt or worry or stress or whatever and reminds you this
0: is what you're here for. So just think about that. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Now, Narelle has another part to her question, which is whether we have any tips on keeping positive that the spell will work, which kind of goes into what you were just saying about having that doubt. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: keeping positive that the spell will work as it's meant to, regardless of if you didn't have all the right ingredients or just winged the words and they didn't rhyme. What's your Mm. take on that?
1: I mean, we've all been there. I still have times like that. And I think unfortunately it's such a important part of it because as soon as you start going, is this even going to work? Is this even real? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, you've like cut the string of a balloon and it's gone. And so I know there's like so much pressure to be like, stay positive, stay positive. Don't think anything negative. But I think, I think just having that trigger again, just having that reminder it just kind of like pulls you back. And I think, I don't know, some, sometimes it's going to be easier than others. Like there will be times, especially if you're not, if it's like a spell where you're already in a negative frame of mind or whatever, it can be very tricky. But I think just having the reminder of why you're doing it and what your life will benefit from it, like being able to imagine it, whether it's like doing a meditation, if you're feeling yourself get really like negative and yuck, just something that reminds you of that feeling you'll get when it happens because that will shift your energy that will like brighten you up because you'll be like yes like that's that's what it will feel like that will make me feel so much better or more relief or whatever it is that you're after um, just trying to snap yourself out of it. Even if it is like giving yourself a cleanse. So if you feel yourself going down that way, hopping in the bath, having a shower, doing something like a circuit breaker, I think is really important because when you can do that, then the rational mind comes back and goes, it's all good. You were just having a moment. Let's stay positive and stay on track. But I do know it is frustrating Sometimes it's out of your control and the more you fight it, the more you go down that hole. But the circuit breakers are always, I think, important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You've just made my brain go on a few different little tangents and I want to make some notes. Otherwise, I'm going to forget them all. Yes. First, when we're talking about the, the meditation aspect, that makes me think we need to talk about raising energy as well. Yeah, But I don't want to talk about that straight away. Okay. What I want to talk about, because it kind of relates into what Narelle was asking, is the mindset that you go into when you choose to do your spell work. Yeah. Because if, and it, it's not always, you have to be in a great, positive, happy mindset no. when you do your spell work. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not the case. For some, yes. For some, no. So it depends why we're doing this spell. For example, if I am doing a spell for protection or uncrossing or hex breaking, usually I'm probably not in a very happy mindset at that time if I feel that is necessary, right? I'm like, shit is going down. I need to do something. Now, I don't want to be in a state where I feel super victimized and like I'm currently crying. That's probably not a good spot to be, Uh, but a little bit of anger. Actually, can really help fuel that yes. type of spell work. Uh, that almost like vindictive, not quite revenge. I mean, revenge is a, almost a good energy to be in for a return to sender, but you got to be a little bit careful with that one. You don't want to be in the heat of anger where you're trying to throw daggers at people. Not a good no. place to be. Bit of a fine line. um With those sorts of uncrossing, I'll often do like an uncrossing bath or a shower because it is a longer form of spell work where you're having to physically do something so whilst Mm -hmm. it keeps me calm it does also use some of that energy of I'm feeling wronged right now I know someone sent something this way or I know the person that has and I'm just like getting rid of it I'm it's quite a lot of steps to that it probably takes me an hour and a half to go through that specific Mm -hmm. spell and I will do that seven times. So whether I do that once a week for seven weeks, two or three times a week until I've done the seven times that like repeat. And then, so the first time you're probably really in an angry spot. And then each time you are sort of feeling a little bit better as you do it. And as your body goes through those motions, but you're fueling it with, with the passion that comes from, I've been wronged that justice, right? That's a good one to sit in. Uh, We don't usually want to do spells from that really low nothing works. I'm a Mm. failure. That sort of a place. The next thing is, yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything to say on, on that in terms of like the mindset we go into with spell work?
1: I totally agree with what you're saying about um, harnessing your emotions because I some of the most um, the quickest working and most effective spells I've done was when I was like not this is not on it's not happening like when we had that big storm all the power was gone it was freezing we had just come out of lockdown and I was like no way are we not having power like absolutely no way and I did a road opener in this like angry but like controlled state it was Mm. like that fire is in you but it's not a bushfire where it's out of control it's like a bonfire where you've got it circled but you're like I'm gonna burn the shit out of this and you it's like that you're sparking and so it's like if you are like really sad or really angry or really happy It's like putting that protective circle around it so it's harnessed Mm -hmm. and like using that spark and you'll find it's like really electric. So I totally agree. Using your emotions but controlling
0: them is so cool. Yeah. It's fun. It's almost like choosing the emotions, if that makes sense. We don't want to be if you're in like a real Debbie Downer, like no one's ever gonna love me, I better do a love spell. (laughs) They're not gonna work. (laughs) They're not gonna work. Desperation. It's yes. not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think when we react to a boundary being crossed, almost mm-hmm. like that harnessing the the energy of a mama bear type of thing. Like yes. you do not get to do that to me. It's strength. It is power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yes. yes. Now also you'll find some spells are harder in terms of feeling positive about them and not feeling doubtful. Mm. Similar to when we do an affirmation. Let's say you are me 10, no, me like, how old am I? (laughs) 10 years ago. Me 20 (laughs) years ago, okay, 12-year-old Hannah, who was in the grips of a pretty intense eating disorder, right? If someone had told me to tell myself an affirmation of, I love and accept myself, there's no way that would have felt in any way conceivable, you know, do some mirror work and stare at yourself lovingly and, or stare at yourself for five or 10 minutes and just, no, absolutely. I was not at that state. But if someone said, you know, to say an affirmation, that was maybe some days I might like myself more than others. That felt true. So that's where Mm -hmm. I'd start. Right. And go up from there. So you have to hit it where you're at. If you're trying to do a prosperity spell and you have not had money for a really long time Mm. and it's quite desperate, you're obviously going to feel like this is how is this going to work? Right. This Mm is, I never have money. That's a really hard place to start. So instead of going, I'm going to do a spell to manifest $500 where that might feel really wild and out there, maybe you switch it up. And instead of that, you focus on, I'm going to feel a little bit more secure next week in being able to pay things on time than I normally do. Like just start like smaller, break it right down if you're feeling super doubtful.
1: Yeah, totally. One of my favorite things that I do because like I said, everybody has times when you're like, I'm not believing anything I'm saying because my emotions are too strong. Um, one of my favorite things is I listen to subliminals every day mm. and a subliminal is like having your affirmations and they're put on like usually like meditation music and someone's recorded them saying the actual affirmation and they've sped it up so fast that we can't like hear it with our human eyes but your subconscious can hear it and takes it all in and so every morning i'll play if it's like especially if there's like a morning where the kids are going nuts i play the calm one and you notice that even though no one can hear what they're saying it goes deeper past all the emotional stuff that's blocking you and it gets into where it matters Mm -hmm. and the whole energy calms down. So I think if you, if you feel like I'm not believing what I'm saying, nothing is getting through something like that is really good because it just like kind of, it's like a cheat way. Like it does it for you where it just goes into your like way, way, way deep levels of your brain and goes right this is what she's trying to tell you, but she's not listening. So stuff like that
0: is really helpful as well. Yeah. I love those. I have a few of them saved on on my YouTube. There's a playlist called meditation. Mm -hmm. There's Firstly, there's a few that I've created, which are tones. So like um, a frequency that you listen to just in minutes for certain chakras to help. So if you're going through you know, maybe some financial difficulty or you're not feeling safe and secure where you are. Maybe you'd listen to the root chakra one before doing any spell work, right? Just listen to that every day, just to sort of start to bring some alignment back and then taking that next step into actual yes. spell work. But I've also got some other ones that I've saved into there from other people that I've considered making myself where it's those subliminal ones that are sort of in the background with like crashing waves or beautiful gongs. and
1: They're just really great to
0: have in the background. So, And I love the tip about using it on the kids. I'm going to steal that one from you. It
1: works like a charm because if you said you have to listen to this meditation, they'd be like, hell no, I'm going to like rebel. But with this, you just chuck it on and all of a sudden everyone just starts to like mellow out and you're like, ha-ha, I got your subconscious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. On the topic of of sounds as well, it's a really excellent way to get into the right mindset. So create yourself some playlists. Yes. For example, right, Um, you can make a million playlists on Spotify. You can find a million playlists on Spotify and YouTube and all of that. Um, I've started putting together some of my own playlists. So things like let's say someone has borrowed some money from me or you know, my favorite book and they haven't returned it, whatever it is. No, I hate that. If I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get this money back or whatever it is back. Maybe I'm going to listen to a playlist that has things like Rihanna's bitch better have my money. (laughs) (laughs) Have that on repeat or have songs like that going through your brain as you're building that energy, as you're raising that energy before you start your spell, put yourself in that mindset and that it can be such a powerful energy. To have things like that you can make a playlist for whatever your intent is there are songs out there about that right um you know money 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 like all sorts of things there are there's a great mm-hmm. one on on tiktok and i think you can just look up money tree and it's like this affirmation that this guy does and it's fantastic i've got it in my little favorites and i'll listen to it every now and then and he's like ching 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 goes the money tree
1: Every oh, time yeah, i comes that. to me,
0: yeah, that one is really, really good. Yep. I think you just look up, yeah, money, money tree, but it's great. Uh, so, stuff like that can just be so helpful. And you don't even have to do a spell with it, just put it in the background. And that almost yeah. gets you in the mindset that you're sending out those vibes. That totally. Mm-hmm. I agree. The other type of mindset I find for spell work that can be very effective is desperation. Mm. And that is where there is no other cho- You don't have any other course of action except for this. This is the only step you can take. And taking the choice, making the choice to take an action step can be what shifts the flow of mm-hmm. things happening. So I spoke about this on my episode with Mandy M where I'd had mm. the worst week of my life, which you know all about. I remember mm. talking to yeah, you about yeah. that with my family yeah. and being stuck at a family member's house where they were talking calling me evil and how they're going to have to get their house cleansed because I'd stepped foot in there again and you know trying to really cut me out of pretty much everything family related and somehow in all of that they offered me a cup of tea because I was going to be there for a little while
1: that's insane
0: and that tea was that chamomile honey tea and I thought this is what the universe is giving me. I'm going to bloody use it. And so I did a little spell right there in front of her in her kitchen, which was great because it actually also gave me that little <laughs> bit of like, huh, you have no idea what I'm doing right now. Because yeah. it doesn't always have to be super obvious. It doesn't always have to be powders and smoke. You and have to and- put your witch hat on. Yeah, absolutely. You can mm. use the tea in front of you. Give it a little stir. She'd left the tea bag in. I didn't have a tea teaspoon. So I used the tea bag to stir it to say what I was wanting to call in, which was calming my myself, calming this whole situation, sweetening the situation. And it did work because that was at the time I was begging to go and be allowed (laughs) to go and see my dying grandfather. And she was like, hard, no, not going to happen. You're not going in there. There's no way we're going to let you in. And I ended up getting to see him that day. So I was like, it did, it shifted things. A cup of tea, Mm -hmm. a cup of tea and a strong focused intent is all you sometimes need.
1: Yeah, well, some of the greatest stories in history, even in films, are people who are at their absolute lowest and are desperate to change their lives. And they they use that desperation to go, well, what else have I got to lose? Yeah. I might as well just do it. And then something great comes from that. So, mm. And I think there's a difference between desperation that's real and desperation that's like Like you could get over that. You're just being, you're being a bit of a Debbie. So I think, yeah, when you have that deep core one of like, I need to make this massive change for the better,
0: Mm -hmm. there is power in that too. Yeah. And I need to exert some control. This This can't be it. That sort of a vibe. So yeah, absolutely. Totally. Mm -hmm. Going back to the idea of raising energy. So obviously Mm -hmm. we can do that with, with music we've talked about that with you mentioned meditation before that can be an excellent form of raising energy is there anything else that you use um music's probably my biggest one
1: i have like we were saying i have my own playlist it's like super witchy like ones that have like a drum beat Mm -hmm. and i actually you can probably see in the corner there i have a drum so drumming Mm -hmm. is really over here Mm -hmm. um it is a really good one because I just like, I don't know, there's like something very primal about that beat. So any kind of ritual music I have has a really big drum beat in it. Mm. And I find maybe it reminds me of like a heartbeat because that's like passion and your heart and whatever. But for me, anything like that, like a drum just like really gets
0: my energy going. I think I love that chanting can be another, another one. one. Uh, yeah, ending, uh, saying the same affirmation over and over and over, singing absolutely, uh, dancing as well. And I yeah, love a good dance, I do too. I, I kind of sometimes feel a little bit silly, but that can sometimes fuel it as well. If that makes sense, you're like, whatever, I'm feeling really silly, who can't? Yeah, right? And it's a totally element of fun can be wonderful to fuel your magic with fun, right? Do something mm-hmm. super silly. And then laugh at yourself. And that is mm. energy being raised. And I do find if and you're raising shifted as well. Yeah, exactly. If mm. you're raising energy by yourself, it's going to take a lot more than if you were in a circle or if there's more people involved. Um yep. but those are similar techniques people would use in circle as well. Music, drumming, chanting, those sorts of things. Do you yep. um do you do anything else in preparation for casting a spell?
1: usually I'll cleanse the space just because Mm -hmm. especially if it's been emotional if I've been like stressed about the particular thing I try and like get rid of all the negative crap that's lying around um but no like I'll usually if I have a clear intention I just go on it straight away I don't try and like you know let it pass like I I act very quickly um So I think it's just maybe just hard. I really like honing in on like, do I feel like now is the right time? Yes, I do. Well, I'm going to make the time to do it. And that's when I'll like chuck the music on, cleanse the air and just like write everything down while I'm in that frame of mind. Cause sometimes I think if, especially if you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. It's past. You have to like, try and get back to where you were. But I think if you're in
0: the flow, like grab it and go for it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I also, so usually once I decide, I'm like, okay, doing doing some spell crafting now. Sometimes I would have planned it using planetary hours, planetary days. So for those listening, depending on what you're doing. So Monday is ruled by cancer. So that is an excellent day for doing Anything that's really like emotional. So if you're doing a spell to increase your psychic powers, that's a great day to do it. Okay. Um, Then we've got Tuesdays ruled by Mars. And that one is a really great day for, I usually say people to go for doing a workout or anything that you really need to be motivated to do. It's also battle energy. So that can be really good for uncrossing and for, yes, return to sender, those sorts of vibes. Mm -hmm. Then after that, we have Wednesday, which is ruled by Mercury. So if you're wanting to get clarity or um, bring in some more ideas or inspiration on something, if you're wanting to open up communication with somebody, those can be, you know, or have a contract come to you. Those sorts of things can be a really great one to have on a Wednesday. If it's a Thursday, that's ruled by Jupiter. So that is all about good luck abundance prosperity expansion and growth so that can be really good for anything that has to do with those sorts of spells money spells are particularly good on a thursday fridays ruled by venus also has a link to both love and money and sex so if you're doing any form of spell work around those and self-love as well that can be an excellent day Mm -hmm. for that saturday is ruled by saturn so in that regard you're going to want to do anything that is like job related um long-term you know contract renewals for your business or for you know a client or whatever it is you're trying to do and some of the more boring things those sorts of things I find kind of fall into there you know like oh I really need to get that thing done Um, those practical steps into motion or any long-term goals that you've got can be good on a Saturday. Sunday's ruled by the sun so we have anything that's going to be about creativity your inner child children so fertility can be either Thursday, Friday or Sunday, I find having the growth and expansion from Jupiter on the Thursday or the Venus vibes on the Friday or the children vibes that come with children, um, children with children, children vibes that come with Leo on the Sunday. So (laughs) taking those days, so you can choose your planetary days. Every day also has a planetary hour attached to each hour of the day. This will depend on where you are. You can use a planetary septagram, which I have done content before on how to do that. Um, But you can also just use a calculator on Google. That's probably the easiest one. And then you go, okay, I really want, let's say, um, I want to sign a new contract for this job and I'm really excited about it and I think it's going to bring me a lot of growth and expansion but I feel like I'm up against a lot of competitors. So I want to do it on, you know, I want to give myself a bit of extra luck around this. So maybe you do it on a Thursday at the hour of Saturn because then you're getting those like contractual vibes that Saturn brings and the, the work energy, but the luck of Jupiter, right? So you can craft it around your time of your routine, but I think that's good for those spells that you're planning rather than in the moment ones, because you can have Mm -hmm. two different types. So, I often do that. And then what I'll do is I'll cleanse beforehand. Great tip. You got to you want to start with a fresh clean slate. You got to. And then before I raise energy, I will ground. There are two different types of grounding um which I think the term gets thrown around quite a lot in the normal world and the spiritual world. There is grounding in terms of coming back into your present body right now, which is very very effective. You want to do that anyway. Okay? And that's fantastic if you're going through any form of anxiety panic attacks to use you know your five senses what do i see that's green what do i smell right now what do i taste that can be fantastic for just coming back into your body which is where you want to start any spell work anyway yeah but actual grounding for spell work or for readings which is also necessary i find is that envisioning those roots coming out from your body Into the earth, all the way down to the center of the earth and drawing energy from there. Because if you do your spell work without grounding, you are going to drain yourself. If you do your readings without grounding, you are going to drain yourself. Because we don't want to be pulling from us, we want to be pulling from that earth energy. You can also, you know, pull from above as well. So that celestial energy also have both going at the same time, almost running like a circuit through you. And that is going to fuel a lot more power to what you're doing and leave you less mm. drained afterwards. Because if, if you if do do a spell work and find you're hungry, you have yeah. a headache, you're really tired, uh, then you haven't grounded properly. So how about you? Do you ground before every form of spell work?
1: Yes. I'm glad that you said that because I actually totally forgot. But yeah, I think that grounding is so important. Um, I like that's one of my go-tos with anything really because I find when I'm in a more grounded state I it's so much easier to focus and so much easier to like have that inner strength and cut out the self-doubt because I think when you are very up in the air that's when all the irrational thoughts start to seep in so I think yes definitely starting from a grounded space is like yes uh,
0: 100% you need to do that yes Absolutely. Now another process step that we should cover, and we have a couple of questions about this. So both Kelly and Charlotte have both sent in. Mm-hmm. Is well, Kelly says, is casting a circle essential? And Charlotte says, how to cast one and how to close one. Do you mm-hmm. cast circles for all of your spell work? No,
1: um, not for all of them. I, I will probably do it if I it's like a longer ritual kind of um, if I'm doing more ritual work where there's like maybe I'm calling in different energies or whatever Um, but sometimes I'm like I just can't be bothered doing the whole thing
0: (laughs) the whole shebang
1: yep (laughs) yeah like I think it's great. I come all for it. And I love the feeling of being in a circle because you do feel very empowered and protected and all of that. Um, but do I think you need it all the time? No, I don't think so. I think it's really like it's a case by case thing and it's how you're feeling. Like if you feel like you need extra help or protection or whatever, go for it. If you really want to call in that elemental energy and have the four corners, go for it. Sometimes there's no time. You know, like I need to go pick the kids up. So I need to get shit done.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. I agree. And I get stressed out when I cast a circle because sometimes Mm -hmm. if I've cast one, I guess like a psychic circle, right. Um, Mm -hmm. I forget where my boundaries are and, or I forget like, oh crap, I need a pair of scissors. And then I step out of it. I'm like, fuck, what have I done? (laughs) there's so get many stressed. rules. Yeah. I get stressed out. Mm-hmm. Like I feel really contained rather than contained by the circle contained by the expectations of the circle. Yeah. And so then I started playing with like, okay, what if I like do a physical circle? So I've got these little gorgeous little stones that I've got the elements, um, marked on them. And I put those in the, the four corners and I'm like yeah. and candles sort of in between each one to like mark out my circle. But the same thing happens where I'm like, I forgot something or you know, my son wakes up and I have to go out and settle him. So I have to like go out and come back in and then I'm like, oh, to redo the whole thing. It just adds an element of stress to my spell work. So I don't often do it. Now in saying that, I do something that's not quite a circle, but it is kind of similar. When I'm talking about those uh, uncrossing rituals, those uncrossing baths or showers that I do, because that's quite an intense one. And that's usually like, I need to sort this out. There is like a lot more at stake here than just me what I will do is because they're taking place in the bathroom or in the bath etc if it's in the bath I will take two white candles whether they're a pillar candle or a tea light it doesn't matter but two white candles and I'll place them on the edge of the bath my bath has one of those like Mm -hmm. tile edges that's flat so place place them on the edge and then what happens is once I've stepped into the bath I've stepped into the spell zone basically and I do everything everything in there and it also when you have that white candle I see it almost like stepping through a doorway and the white candle kind of can cleanse anything away that isn't there it's my it doubles as my cleansing ritual yeah cool through it into that space do what I need to do in the bath or I'll put it you know at the entrance to the bathroom so outside the door or at the entrance to the shower if I'm going to the shower which is a little bit harder if I do the shower one because I do read some passages from the bible so I have to like Set it up on the <laughs> bench and like looking the through there. the, window, the, the like, screen. Funny <laughs> <laughs> writing, um, or I write it out, like paste it up there so I can remember. But that's almost like a little ritual. It's not quite a circle, but it's like a, a space. It creates the space. And I think having the space set up is also like yeah. that. Closing the door if you're in your, you know, sacred space. Close the door, set up your candles, get the vibe right. And that totally. almost can contain it in itself without having to be a circle. Yeah, I agree.
1: And I think people put a lot of pressure on the fact that they need to do a circle and you really don't. Yeah. you really don't. Agreed. Agreed. Do you have a specific way that you cast a circle? Um, yeah. So I always use the elements. Um, so earth, air, fire, water, and they obviously all align with the directions. Um, and then I will always, I'm like you where I forget where my circle is and I'm like going, ah, oh, <laughs> did I just break it? So I, I use a crystal that, uh, can, is connected with each element. Um, and that will remind me like, Amy don't cross here. This is what you you did. Don't do that. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll always call in earth first. Everyone, there's like a whole, there's a whole thing where you can call in different elements first. And I mean, who really cares? Just I'm, call in the one that you want to. I've written it down somewhere and I'm just trying to find my little book where I wrote it. So I can like, if someone wants it. I I think traditionally it's like, oh, see now I'm going to forget. It's like mm-hmm. earth is usually first because earth is north. And then east is air, south is fire, west is water, west and yeah, west is water. And I think
0: I think that's usually how it goes. I have issues. With that, and I've got my little book of shadows because you gotta write this oh, stuff I'm down on. So I'm pretty sure. Oh, what have I written this for? Um I changed my elemental directions. Yeah, you can. Because they didn't make sense to me. And so for other yeah. Southern Hemisphere witches that might feel like this, I recommend you do this. So for me, I use north is fire. Um, mm. I have east is water because the ocean is to the east. We're on the east coast. It's all water. If yeah, I that's put, true. If I put water to the west, that's just desert. Like that doesn't make sense. And then I put fire as north because it gets hotter as you go north later right um south I've done earth and then west I've done air so that's that's my little directions that I use there's no you can do whatever you
1: want Mm -hmm. really like the witch like patrol isn't going to knock on the door and be like what did you do how dare you (laughs) you are correct so yeah and what I mean, I'll mean, i usually do that and then I call in spirit up the top or I call in like a deity or whoever it is that I'm calling in mm-hmm. and then to close it, you just reverse it yeah, and open it up. It's such it's a process, simple. isn't it? It is. Some people really overcomplicate it as well. And I'm like, no, nah, I have something to say for each element. Basically, it's like what it brings to the circle. Mm-hmm. And then I leave it at that because I'm like, I've got other stuff I need to be doing.
0: So um, I did actually write down because circles are not something that I do frequently. I wrote down the way that Matt Oren recommends doing it, which he wrote mm-hmm. in his book, Psychic Witch. Yeah. So in his one, it says face north. Now, I don't know if I've written this to change to my north ideas. I can't, I can't keep track. But this is what I've written in my book, Shadows from his book. Face north and say, I cast this circle to create a space beyond space and a time beyond time. Spin clockwise once pointing finger or wand. I cast this circle to block out any energies and spirits that are not allies of mine. Spin once more. I cast this circle so that all energies raised herein will be confined. Face north, raise hand, palm up to sky. As above, turn palm face down, so below. The circle is sealed and clap loudly. To open, move counterclockwise with your palm like opening a curtain. And I liked his version because it felt simpler. Yeah, and easy, but... Again, you just I, go
1: with what works.
0: I don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. So, no, Kelly, it's not essential. To <laughs> answer your um, question, no. <laughs> yes. Um, now, Charlotte has asked, what are sigils? Ah,
1: <sighs> See, sigil, I... So, sigil is like a protective symbol that you create. Look, that's a short, short answer. I don't do a lot of sigil magic, but it is something that I want to do more because I have so many witchy friends that do it and they love it. And I love the idea that you have created something from your intent and it's like a become a physical symbol. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm not the best person to answer because I would also like to learn more about it and and do it. But I've heard
0: good things. So I've seen good reviews. Yeah, I work with sigils. Now, there's a few different ways you can make them. I'll tell the way that I do, but you do not Mm -hmm. have to do it this way. I actually use two methods. So what you do is you take a word or a sentence that you want this sigil to contain or to hold. Um, I will give an example. When I was pregnant with Toby, because I'm a public witch and I was public and like my bump was in all of my photos and videos and all of that, I was very proud of my bump. And I didn't, I was concerned about the, I guess, spiritual vulnerability that sometimes can you can feel when you're pregnant, right? Yeah. So what I did was a spell to protect both me and my baby. And so what I did was I made a sentence. I think it it just was like my baby and I are divinely protected, something like that. So you write that down and then you take out any letters that repeat themselves. So my baby, when you get to baby, you've already used the Y in the word my. So take out that second Y and the second B. So my baby. So it would be M, Y, B, A. And that's sort of what those letters would be. And you go on through the whole sentence. Now, once you've got it down to like a few letters, a lot of people will remove the vowels and you can include Y in that or not. It's up to you. And then you use one of those little things that goes um, A is the number one, B is the number two. C is the number three, all the way up to the number nine. And then you go through the alphabet like that. And so you give each of your letters that you have left over a number. Now what you can do is you can create like a little square of nine squares, right? So you should be left with nine or less numbers in a certain order. And what I do is I'll put the numbers in the square um, exactly how they come out. So... I can't off the top of my head think of what M would be, but let's just say the numbers are like start with along the top of the squares, the top three squares, maybe three, four, two, and then the next line down goes one, six, seven, whatever it is, and you go all the way through. Mm -hmm. And if you've got less numbers than fills up the squares, just put the next numbers in the sequence down the bottom, just whatever you haven't used. And then what you do is you start at the number one, wherever that falls in your little square. So put your pen there, find where number two is and draw a line. Find where number three is and draw a line. Find where number four is and draw a line. So you're going around until you've got all Like a of, dot to dot. Yeah, like a little dot to dot. And each one mm-hmm. should technically be different. Now, that gives you the basis for your sigil, right? So then you sort of draw it by itself next to it. So, you're like, okay, it might be all harsh little straight lines and whatever. So you can round it out or you can keep those lines quite straight and taut or have a mixture of both. Maybe you flip it upside down, flip it reversed. Maybe you want to add some lines or circles at either side of it to sort of make that feel like a central point. Whatever you do is up to you. But that's like the basis for your sigil. The other way to do it is to take those letters and let's say we start again with the M and the B, right? M and a B. So M has an upwards line, a down, an up, a down, okay? And then the B is a down With two semicircles. So maybe you draw those on top of one another. Uh, Maybe the first downward line of the M or upward line of the M has one of the semicircles and the other one has the other. And you start to craft the elements of each letter into a symbol. You can, repeating lines can go over each other. So maybe instead of the M being like two upside down Vs, you do one V twice over over itself so it's like a little arrow pointing up and then the semicircles from the b are maybe one above and one below and that's your sigil for my baby whatever it is right Mm. so pulling it all together that brings out a little symbol and that symbol should have that energy of your intent within it after that you need to charge it up right give it its purpose so some people like to draw their sigil onto a bay leaf and burn the bay leaf that's one method Uh, you can potentially, depending on what it is, if it is about like fertility, self-love, romantic relationship, sexual relationship, something like that, potentially you draw that sigil um, on your lower abdomen, let's just say, and have an orgasm. That's a lot of energy. That's another form of raising energy we did not talk Mm. about. Yeah, that's true. That's a lot of energy. And you As you reach that crescendo, you can direct it into that symbol that you've created, that sigil, okay, almost like lighting it up. Um, You can draw it with pen on yourself or with your own fluids. It's up to you, however you feel comfortable. Um, Some people like to (laughs) get into some interesting topics here. There is uh, a thing online. I am not a man. I don't identify as a man. But there's something called cum sigils, which is a thing. And I feel like that's a very random topic to bring up on my podcast. It's (laughs) so different to a normal. But that's like getting into the whole like sex magic sort of stuff, right? You can do that. That's another way, depending on your intent. I wouldn't probably do that for like a money one, but anyway. Or you can just simply visualize that sigil almost being like lit up by white light. You can place your hands over it, directing your energy into it. Um, There's a few different ways. Just feel into whatever works best for you. And then that's your sigil, right? Put it in your book of shadows and use it whenever you're wanting to do that. So for me, for that spell I was doing for myself and my baby, I drew that sigil onto a shell because shells are very protective. Um, Put that shell inside a spell jar with certain ingredients that I wanted and called on one of my guides who works with me through parenting to infuse that, that spell jar and keep us. I wanted it in a spell jar because A, they are longer lasting. You can carry them around with you; they're mobile, um, mm. but they also are a very, very much a container, right? And some people are against them because they're like, it contains your magic. I'm like, yes, I want it to. Yeah, I, I want it to. I want it to, you know, hold us in this safety space, right? That's kind of the the point of it. And so that's what I did with that one. But you can use a sigil on, you know, you can draw it with money oil on, a, on a note before you spend it, right? Mm-hmm can draw it on your body you can sometimes i'll draw the symbol you don't even have to make your own sigil you can use already current glyphs i don't always recommend using other people's sigils because you don't actually know what they've charged into it yeah but with a a glyph which is think of hieroglyph right it is a pictorial version of like an alphabet or or a, a name or a word so for example maybe do the symbol of mercury um over your throat chakra if you're having trouble saying something or you want to have a dif- difficult conversation with someone. Maybe you choose the symbol of Venus and you draw it in your moisturiser on your face before you put on your makeup, and that's almost like a bit of a glamour, bringing that. that beauty. So there are so many different ways you can get really creative with it and I think it's I a have really... someone
1: on my car and on my front door for yep. protection. Yep, yep, yep. absolutely. I love it.
0: Yes. I, I will draw, that's like cool. I've got a protective like symbol that I'll just draw with my finger on the wall of a space when I walk into it, if, if it feels off, like if I'm in a hotel room, I'm like, Oh, it doesn't feel quite right. So I'll draw this on there. There's just so many different ways. It's just very practical. I find. So yes, that's a sigil. That's how you can do it. I do have a proper tutorial on my YouTube channel as well, which shows you the process I just tried to explain, which I didn't realize how difficult it would be. (laughs) (laughs) You did well. I learned something. (laughs) Good. Good. All right. (laughs) Now the next one we have, um, And this kind of of works in, right? So Narelle asked a question and then Alicia asked one as well. So Mm -hmm. And they're both very similar. Narelle has asked, how closely do you have to follow an ingredients list for an existing spell? Um, So where if it says to use pyrite, but you don't have pyrite, can you substitute it? And what to keep in mind when substituting? And Alicia says, what's the best way to substitute ingredients you can't source? If the spell needs mandrake root and you can't get it, how do you substitute it to get the same result given the properties of the replacement ingredients may change the spell a little bit? Mm -hmm. What do you have to say on that?
1: Um, I have that book by Scott Cunningham that's like the encyclopedia of magical herbs or something. That is my one of my most used things ever. Um, my take is that if you don't have the ingredients, it really doesn't matter because you can look up this book and it will. There's like sections where it's like all the herbs that fit under protection or you know, career or finance or whatever. And there's like so many different ones that you can choose, but I'm all for following your intuition. And sometimes if I'm like, if there's a spell that has like a set ingredients, I'll go, but I don't, I really feel like it needs this. And so I just do it because it's going to have more meaning because it's come from me. And so I'm all for, mixing and matching um, ingredients because you feel drawn to using them because even if they don't like technically make sense of why they should be there there's a part of you that knows that it needs to be there and usually if you look it up you'll go I see how the, where the connection is um, but I'm all for following your witchy gut instincts and and going with what means more to you rather than what someone has told you that you need to do But if you want, I mean, the rule is to kind of replace it with something that has the same properties. So having a book like that is really helpful because it can just kind of like guide you in the right direction. But if you are pulled to something else, I would go for that first.
0: I agree. I don't have that book. It is actually on my Amazon wish list. Get it. I I would lie. Um, I do link my Amazon wish list in my description. So if anyone feels like. um, Someone get Hannah the book. For Christmas or something. (laughs) Um, But I do have, I have a book called The Book of Herb Herb Spells by Sherilyn Darcy, who is an Australian author, uh, also an ethnobotanist. So fantastic place to go if you do uh, most of my my spell work is heavily using herbs doesn't have to be herbs mm. plants etc doesn't have to be you can use many other things in your spell work but for me that's been a really helpful book just in sometimes when there's a spell that I haven't done before or you know intent I haven't worked towards before and she does a really great job in those ones she'll list some possible things you can you know substitute for And she'll put an asterisk on the ones that you can't substitute out. It won't work for that spell. So I found that interesting to have that little guideline in her book. Mm -hmm. That's good. And there's a nice little list at the back of her book on what they all mean. Now, what I have done and what I recommend everyone do, especially if you don't have Scott Cunningham's book, I have my, my little book of shadows. I have many little spiral books, and little notebooks that I have all of my stuff in. And one day I was getting very frustrated with this exact Thing, right? So I went, stuff, I'm going to just, I'm going to put, put together my own little thing. So I have a little page. It's not fully fleshed out yet, but it's just called Herbs and Plants. And what I did was I wrote down every single herb or plant piece of material I had in my home or access to, right? I was just like, okay, I have this. I have, you know, red sage root. I have clove. I have cinnamon, ladies' mantle, vervain, licorice, Irish moss, rhubarb root, jasmine, centauri. Like I have all of these beautiful things. There's quite a few pages. And then I've just whenever I've used it or whenever I've found it in a book or whenever I've read about something about that, I will write it down. For example, licorice can be used for love, lust, fidelity, attract a lover, right? Um, Clove is great for protection, banishing, burn it to stop gossip or to purify. It brings a sense of kinship to a gathering, clarity, protection, protects babies if strung together over a crib and used in exorcisms. So that was great. And I was like, great, I have them all there. But then I was like, "Mm, when I'm actually looking for like, I want a spell that does. This, I have to read through all of them. And I was like, that doesn't work for me. So I made another list in the same book. And I think it's a few pages after because obviously it came up afterwards when I was like, that didn't work. And I literally just wrote crystals and herbs. And then I've written all of the types of spell work that I'm likely to do. So business, love, prosperity, abundance, luck, success, money, psychic development, uncrossing, road opening, return to sender, cleansing, happiness and joy, fertility, health, victory, Clarity, protection, crossing, hexing, and uncrossing. I think I've written twice. And what I then do is I go back and look at the ones that I actually have and write them in there under that meaning, under that, you know, intent. So if I'm going to do... organized? Yeah. If I'm going to do a protection spell, I know. I've written it down here. I've got Devil's Club, Rue, Bayleaf, Yarrow. If I'm going to do crossing, sulfur, hot foot powder, um, victory, bayleaf, like I can flip to them to figure out what I'm going to need for that specific spell. And I just Ooh. add to that. I'll add crystals to it. Um, any, you know, Maybe I'll write a sigil next to it when I'm using it. So then when I sit down and go, oh, you know what? I really need to do a spell for X, Y, and Z. I've got all of my own personal things that I have here already. I don't have to go buy anything and I can just use them. So that's my little Clever. long-term hack for everybody. I like that. Now, the next question I think is our last question, which is... Mm. Are there any good books to read that we recommend on spellcrafting?
1: Oh, my gosh, let me think. Um, I know um, Aaron Hiscock Murphy wrote a book called Spellcrafting and she is the queen behind the green witch and the house witch. Um, That's a good one. Um, Oh, my gosh, let me trace back through my memory
0: of what books I have.
1: Mm. i like well, I, I like
0: intuitive witchcraft by Astria taylor mm-hmm. yeah that's a great book to have on hand
1: i mean i think most books have um their own take on spells mm-hmm. really
0: the, the herb spell that i mentioned by Cheryl and darcy's is, is really excellent that is a good book and if you want to get into candle magic lucy Starza, Staza, I think is her name, does a really great, um, I think it's a Pagan Portals book. So it's really little. I love Pagan Portals. Oh, me too. They're just so quick and easy mm-hmm. to read. Uh, just gets to the crux of what you want to know. That one's a really great one. I think it's just called Candle Magic. Starsy. I've listed it. I've got a blog post on some of the books that I do recommend, and I've listed it in there, uh, which I'll link in the description box to this episode as well. So that's a good one. Meg Rosenbrier's The Healing Power of Witchcraft is another great one that I use frequently. And one of the only books that really actually talks about raising energy as well, I've found. So there's a couple there that you can get started with.
1: Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to go through. I clean my office. So all my books, usually they're scattered everywhere. Stupid Amy cleaned up and put them all away. So I am no help you're nesting when you like go to pick a movie and you go I know there's a movie I really wanted to watch and you sit there for two hours going no 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 that's what I'm doing right now I can't think of
0: anything I've ever read (laughs) I know the feeling I know the feeling I'm reading currently um it is called Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft by Madame Pamita interesting so I'm probably halfway through and obviously I'll write a review yes I know that book
1: Mm -hmm. is it good
0: I am actually considering, and I haven't put it on. I haven't finished yet, so I haven't put it on yet. Mm. But I'm considering adding it to my top five books I recommend anyone reads. Oh, that's a big now, statement. It is now. It's all about um, Ukrainian witchcraft, right? Yeah, Slavic witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Which I I'm I'm not Slavic, but a the way she's put this book together is really mm-hmm. really great. Each chapter starts with some of the folklore, like a story, like we're following this um, character through her story as she's trying to meet Baba Yaga, which is, you know, the Beautiful. witch in the woods, who lives in this uh, witchy cottage that uh, walks on chicken feet and she flies around in a mortar and pestle. Like, cool. It's really interesting. So she goes through the the folklore story and then mm-hmm. she says what Baba Yaga has to say about it. So there's a chapter written from the viewpoint of Baba Yaga And then she has what Madame Hamita says and she'll write about it and she'll list all these things in relation to whatever we're talking about. Now, I think it is a great book for anybody because it takes you through many different types of magic, many different types of crafting magic, putting magic together. You don't have to copy the Slavic methods, but it can be a great way of inspiring you and seeing as well where some of those roots of witchcraft come through. And now when you watch movies like Howl's Moving Castle, which is a Studio Ghibli movie, you can start to see why they put chicken legs on his castle. And you're like, oh, they've drawn on that folklore from Slavic history, right? Like there's there's really interesting things in this book that I have found. And it is, it's just sort of opened my eyes and inspired me a little bit. And I think books that are inspiring and make you want to do something are great. So I've requested... Um, I've asked Llewellyn to reach out and see if I can get her on the podcast for season two. Oh, fun! Yeah, be great as well. But that's that's a book that's also about spell crafting in there in different methods. So I recommend that one, even though I haven't finished it yet.
1: Interesting. I am intrigued to hear how you finish up with it.
0: Absolutely. So mm. it, there are a lot of book reviews on my blog. If anyone's interested in what I think about certain ones, and no, I don't just post the positive ones either. So no, there are you some don't. critical ones. So if you see one on there, that is an <laughs> automatic recommendation. So have a read first about what I say.
1: Yes, that's good. You want an honest opinion. Not all good books are. You know, not all books are good.
0: Yeah, not all, all books for you are created equally. That's correct. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so that is probably all we have for today on Spellcrafting. Ooh. I hope everyone listening has had, you know, some of their own questions answered, learned something new, felt inspired, whatever it may be. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Amy, for joining me. Thank you for having me. That was fun. That was I fun. like answering <laughs> questions with someone else. I know. I'm excited to do our next episode, which will either be Season 2 on this podcast or on your podcast. Mm-hmm. So Yes, we- I am too we will get there. Um, I'll pop links to all of Amy's socials and how to get in touch with her as well on the description for this episode. As always, we love hearing what you guys think about we do. particular episodes, the podcast in general. everything. We want to know. We want to know. So please, please leave a review. Please send us a DM, whatever it is, and yeah. just say hi. Hey loved that episode. That was fantastic. And we'll be like, "Yeah, do that. I
1: love those messages. Yes. Like my
0: heart is full. Thank you. Thank you. So please get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. And I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are in the world today. We will chat to you next time.
1: Bye.
0: What a wonderful, wonderful episode. And Amy, I am so grateful for you sharing your knowledge and your time with us all today. And I'm grateful to you, my dear listeners, for sticking with me for 30 episodes for a whole season. I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of everything that this has become We are well over 14,000 audio downloads. It would be much, much higher than that if I went and counted all of the YouTube listens as well. And I'm just blown away. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for all of your support and for letting me into your ears. It is such an honour. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. Episode one of season two will be airing on February 1st. I'm so excited to bring you that one. special guest is amazing. If you know of someone who would be a great guest on the podcast, hit them up, hit me up, let me know. And definitely keep your eyes peeled on the YouTube channel because I will have a little special bonus episode coming out there for you all to see over this break. As always, I hope you have a lovely, lovely day wherever you are in the world today. I'll chat to you next time.